welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 25 On Crying Crying is one of those natural human reactions that everyone exhibits, you know, when something makes you sad or something makes you happy or relieved, any sort of intense emotion is generally accompanied by crying. But what I want to talk about today is how men should think about when it might be appropriate or inappropriate to cry because there are certain times where a man has to control his emotional response. For example, maybe something makes you angry and you have to stay calm or Maybe a woman passing by you inflames your passions and you have to not act on those passions and maintain a stoic face. A similar concept is true when it comes to crying. Now, of course, it's a cliche to say something like boys don't cry or men don't cry, which is not true, right? The shortest verse in the scriptures is Jesus wept. Being the ultimate man, if it's appropriate for him to cry, it's appropriate for us to cry. So knowing that a blanket statement like men don't cry or boys don't cry is just not true, and we know that there are certain instances where it might be appropriate, we really have to ask ourselves, to what degree? Right? So you can see that if your wife and your children, God forbid, were to pass away in some sort of terrible accident, crying would be an appropriate response in the right context, of course. But there's also the opposite end of the spectrum, the other extreme, where maybe every time you see a commercial with cats in it, you start crying. And every time you go see a romantic movie, you're crying. And every time one of your friends has good news, like, I got a new job, you're like, oh, I'm so proud of you, and you start crying. How that's excessive and makes you look weak for good reason, right? This is where things might get a bit inflammatory for the camp that says, you know, it's okay to cry whenever you feel like it. The reality is that's not true. And it's an uncomfortable reality to accept. So it's going to be my job for the next 15 to 20 minutes to try to convince you of that reality. That it isn't always good to cry anytime, you know, the urge comes upon you to cry. The first thing I want to talk about is men who have an excessive tendency to cry. Right? And this can be true of women too, but as usual, on the Field Lock podcast, we focus on men. That's the audience. There is a neurotransmitter in your brain, endorphins, which is the body's natural painkiller, right? And a lot of people hear about things like the, the runner's high, the endorphins you get from that. And they're actually in response to pain and damage, right? If you ever run to the degree where you get an endorphin rush, you've actually run too much. Your body is dumping painkillers to combat the physical damage that you're causing. You shouldn't push it to that degree. Now, we know that in the modern world, emotional issues like anxiety and depression are all too common. And I've talked about a book before, and I'll link it again in the show notes, called The Mood Cure, where the author talks about false moods and true moods, right? If you're Anxious because someone's pointing a gun at you, that's a valid way to feel. There's a clear and present threat. If you feel down or depressed because maybe you just went through a breakup, that's okay. This is how we 
cope and respond. This is what it means to be human. It is not okay to feel anxious 24-7. If you're laying in bed and you're just, you know, listening to your favorite music and you feel anxious for no reason, there's no tiger in the room threatening you, that's a real problem. Same is true for depression, right? If you feel down and sad or unmotivated all the time or stressed maybe all the time, these are real issues. So if any of that rings true for you, definitely get a copy of The Mood Cure and read through it. It'll change your life. It changed mine. But the fourth neurotransmitter, beyond serotonin for anxiety, catecholamines for depression, and GABA for stress, is endorphins, the natural painkiller. A lot of people suffer from endorphin deficiency. And the cause of that is that you're constantly leaning on your endorphins. Maybe you had a very painful childhood and you, your body was releasing them frequently and you ran out and you never replenished those levels. Or you recently went through some sort of painful physical event. You know, maybe you were in an accident, God forbid, or a tattoo appointment or something, something that depleted your endorphins. Your body needs building blocks to replenish those levels. Your body needs phenylalanine, which is, I'm pretty sure, an amino acid. You can get this supplement for like $10 on Amazon, but like I said, make sure to read the book first and the specifics will be there. But there's a very interesting questionnaire in the beginning of the book where the author attempts to determine which deficiencies you have. One little questionnaire for each of the deficiencies, the four major deficiencies. And for the endorphin deficiency, she asks questions like, do commercials make you cry, right? Do you have a very low emotional pain point? Or have you experienced a lot of pain at some point in your life, right? This could be an indicator. And things of that nature. Do you have a low tolerance of pain, physical pain, emotional pain? Essentially, do things make you cry very quickly? And if you're in that position, it's not even worth talking about when you should or shouldn't cry just yet. It's more important for you to replenish your endorphin levels and make sure that your emotional response is already calibrated properly. So before you do any of the internal work and start looking at when do I cry and when is it appropriate, when is it not appropriate, you ought to make sure that your physiology is where it needs to be. And like I said, the link to that will be in the show notes. Now, let's assume that you don't have an endorphin deficiency, or maybe you do and you start taking the right supplements and cleaning up your diet to make sure that that deficiency goes away. Congratulations, your moods are now neutral, they're now balanced out, they're now at the natural human level. And now we start getting into the specifics of when men should cry. And I have a couple of opinions on this. And as is sometimes the case, I'm going to qualify these with that they're just opinions and you're welcome to think about them the way you see fit. But I think that the case I'll make should be relatively convincing. So the first thing I'll say is, When a tragedy befalls you and your family, say you're married and you have children, or maybe not, and something happens, I talked about this in the faith episode, let's say, God forbid, your father-in-law passes away unexpectedly, your wife's father passes away. Now, you might have a wonderful relationship with the man, you might love him very deeply, right? Maybe you've been married for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, you've known him for a long time, or maybe you haven't, either way, it makes you very sad. Now, I can tell you that crying in front of your wife and children when that's the case 
is probably not the way to go. And here's why. When your wife and your children are suffering, it's on you to be the strength of the family. It's on you to be the rock in the situation. When someone else is suffering, even if you are as well, you're in a position of leadership or authority in that dynamic, you should really maintain your stoic appearance. Right? And you might get questions like, why aren't you sad or why aren't you crying? And you can say something like, I am sad. I'm very sad. But it's important for me to stay strong for my family. And I can already hear the the pushback and the opinions that, oh, if you don't cry when your, God, uh, your father-in-law passes away, then you're heartless. Or if your wife and children don't see you displaying emotions, then they're going to think that you're some sort of emotionless robot or something. And that is true to a degree, but not to a complete degree. For example, let's say your father-in-law passes away and your wife is bawling her eyes out. She's crying profusely. And then you're, you're crying and you're bawling your eyes out too and you're crying even more than her. And now she's looking at you like, oh, you know, I'm sad, but he's like really, really distraught about this. Now I have to comfort him. Congratulations, you have now become a liability. Rather than being the person with the most strength in the situation, you've let that burden fall on your wife. And you can never do that. So if you were to cry in a situation like that, it ought to be to a degree that is less than your wife. Because that signifies that you are more in control of your emotions than your wife is, which is your job as a man. Right? The, the feminine gift, the way in which women truly excel compared to men, is that their mastery of relationships is so far beyond ours, right? So, and that includes a lot of empathy. So when the more empathetic person in the relationship is crying less than the person who is biologically less empathetic, then you can see how something is out of balance here. But the same applies to occasions of great joy. Let's say your first son is born, or your first daughter, or any child you have, and your wife just went through the incredibly painful, incredibly taxing process of giving birth to that child. She is exhausted, but the child is healthy. She's healthy. Glory to God. It's wonderful. And the nurse hands her the baby. And she's holding the baby, and she's so happy that the baby's well, and she starts crying, and then she hands the baby to you, and then you start crying twice as much as she's crying. Again, that's out of balance. She's the one who went through more pain just now, The connection between a a mother and and a child is always stronger than between a father and a child. It's biologically that way, right? Ask any woman if she likes the smell of a baby's head and she's going to say, oh boy, do I? Because the smell of a baby's head releases oxytocin in a woman, right? Which is a very powerful bonding hormone. So her bond with that child is stronger than yours biologically. She just gave birth to it, went through labor, is completely exhausted. And yet you're more emotional than she is? No, no, it's not right. It's out of balance. But even if the emotional intensity of the event is equal for the two of you, like I said, a woman is more empathetic than a man is, so she would have a more powerful emotional response. Now, an example of this is I have a very close friend who got married a couple of years back. And when he got married, I was at the wedding. And his wife starts walking down the aisle. He starts just bawling his eyes out. But his wife isn't crying at all. No tears. She's not teary-eyed. Nothing. He's the only party that's crying. 
So the intensity, the emotional intensity of the situation was far greater for him than it was for her. That doesn't really make sense, does it? Because they're getting married to each other. So rather it means that his mastery of his emotions was lower than hers. And that is a twisting of responsibilities. So the first main takeaway here is that men do cry and men should cry. But the second takeaway, and that's the caveat to the first, is that when you're in a position where it's on you to be strong and it's on you to to project confidence and to make the people in the room feel like everything's going to be okay, it's especially important that you maintain your composure, right? Something could be absolutely gut-wrenching for you, but a man has mastery over his emotions, right? This is not some sort of argument that men are emotionless, right? I don't want you to take this the wrong way or out of context. I'm saying that a man is informed by his emotions, but never ruled by them. So even if he feels god-awful because something terrible happened, or he feels ecstatic because it's one of the most beautiful days he's ever experienced, he can maintain his composure to project strength and to, in, in fact, practice strength which is ultimately what we need men for. If it really came down to it and you had to choose, it would be better to have complete mastery over your emotions than it would be to being completely in touch with them. Thankfully, you don't have to choose, so you can have both. You can feel the emotions, but you can maintain your composure to make sure that your wife and your children don't needlessly suffer. So one of the things I like to say in that regard is, let's say something terrible does happen and you maintain your composure in front of your wife, in front of your kids, because they rely on you to be the strength of the family. When everyone goes to sleep or you get a moment by yourself, that would be the appropriate time to let your emotions out, right? So you should still feel the emotions and you should still cope in the way that's appropriate to you, but you have to put your duty first. Right, your personal comfort and your personal feelings don't get to trump your duty to be the head of the household and to be the person that your wife and your children can lean on. So say at this point that you've been convinced and you believe that A, you should make sure that your physiological crying response is where it needs to be, that your endorphins are where they need to be. B, you now accept that it is okay to cry as a man sometimes, right? As our Lord cried. And C, you understand that you have to balance that out with maintaining strength and having mastery over your emotions when appropriate to make sure that the people around you don't needlessly suffer. You don't want to shift the burden on them. Rather, you want to take their burdens upon yourself, right? And you should be strong enough to do so. That's, of course, underlying the whole thing. If you're at that place, I want to give you some thoughts on how I interpret those rules, if you will, on crying. First example I'll use is the wedding, right? I'm not saying that it's not okay to cry at your own wedding. What I am saying is that it should be to a degree that is less than your bride, right? So, and that that is the case for all joyful events in life. If you get married or you have a child or your child, you know, graduates high school or something, To whatever degree your wife is crying, you should be basically in order of magnitude below that. If she sheds a single tear, 
then you should stay dry-eyed. If she's crying, you can shed a tear, and if she's bawling, you can cry. So that would be a good way to reflect on, is my emotional response out of whack here? Are my emotions the master of me, or am I the master of my emotions? So that would be a good way to approach that kind of situation. Then you might find yourself in another situation where maybe your emotional response is far greater than that of your wife, which I keep using again and again because it's such a great example. But let's say you're in church and you are having a particularly powerful spiritual experience and your wife at that particular moment might not, right? The liturgy speaks to us differently on different days. So you might start crying. You might shed a tear or two, right? To a degree that's not excessive. And if you're the kind of man who's generally in control of his emotions, right? On your wedding day, you cried less than your wife, if at all. When your child was born, same thing. Whenever tragedy befell your family, you maintained a strong stoic exterior and mastered your emotions internally. If this is the kind of perception that people have of you, then shedding a tear or two at the liturgy because of the beauty and the glory of God will be all the more powerful. This is another reason why we ought to control our emotions because if we're emotional all the time, then people will dismiss it and it won't be beneficial to them, right? This is the funny thing, right? When and how you cry can be beneficial to the people around you, right? Not crying in times of crisis to project strength or the occasional tear when something's beautiful to help your family understand that you are a person with emotions and that something can be quite beautiful like the liturgy. So when you're getting married or having children or any sort of great event where your emotional response and that of, say, your wife is the same, you should be an order of magnitude behind her. If it's something that you find particularly beautiful or maybe particularly painful, you're watching a movie or something, one or two tears are probably appropriate. And I, of course, while I'm talking about this, I'm not saying that you are somehow some sort of cyborg that can control how much she cries. I'm saying if you find yourself breaking these guidelines that I have for myself, and maybe you agree with them, if you find yourself going beyond those, then it might be an indicator that A, your physiology is not where it needs to be, or B, you are not as emotionally resilient as you ought to be. And then, of course, there is the last example, which is tragedy. You know, someone passes away, or you go bankrupt, or you lose the house, or something along those lines. Of course, God forbid, but if something like that were to occur, my rule is actually that you ought not to cry at all. That you should be action-oriented, that you should do what you have to do, right? If there's an accident or something, you start crying your eyes out, you can't take charge of the situation and make sure everyone's okay and call the authorities and those kinds of things. So when there's a situation where you have to be the strength of the people around you or you have to take charge and make sure that things are resolved properly, you have to keep it together. You should have the strength and the resolve to say, I feel terrible right now, but I can work through that and I can master my emotions and with grit I can power through this. Because my people need me. My family needs me. My wife, my kids, they need me. And then when the situation's resolved and everyone's calmed down and everything and you have a time to distance yourself and process properly, that would be the appropriate time to let those feelings out. Or you might even call a close friend of yours or maybe your priest. Right? I've called my priest before, crying my eyes out. Right? I was going through a very hard time. But while I was around people, I kept it together. I made sure to teach people that they can rely on me in a crisis 
that whatever happens, I'll be strong because I need to be for them. And that gives them the feeling of ease. And then when I was away from them, I called my priest and I started crying because the emotions were overwhelming. But my duty comes first. And so does yours. So I hope this is useful to you. I know that we're covering a lot of subjective ground today. And you might completely disagree with the entire premise. But maybe you don't. And maybe now you have some general idea of how you should approach when it's okay to let your emotions out and when you should control and master them to be the master of your own emotions, which will make you a more effective man. So remember that it is okay to cry, but the degree to which we cry really depends on what our given job is in that situation. And above all else, we have to do our duty. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day. <laughs>